Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranis Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans, and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Having fled Honey Hollow, leaving them to face the remaining conscription forces on their own, you stop to rest in the snow far off the road. Your newly winged horses remain calm, perhaps thanks to Gosfram's magic. However, Darwin's ebony kangaroo, Pouchet, has not been idle. While most slept, it emerged from Darwin's pack looking for a way out of the camp. Failing to do so, it instead began removing items from its pouch. Among the money, clothes, and knickknacks, it also produced a Fabergé kangaroo, one Darwin had broken and lost in his youth, now repaired with blue lines filling the cracks. It also planted a simple pinwheel at the sleeping eel on his feet. Its task complete, Pouchet returned to Darwin's pack. The journey to the trade city of Caravel lies before you. The remaining conscription forces lie behind you and time is running short before King Aldabas forces Iolana's father to grant him an unknown wish. So, what do you want to do? We might want to think about, like, tying up the kangaroo. Um, question. How do you tie up, tie up a kangaroo when it spends like, its time usually as a small ebony figure? I don't know, but it's definitely going night-wandering. <laughs> yeah, but... I don't know. Maybe it's not such a bad thing. I will remind you, it has the body parts of a god inside of it. I know, but who would have brought me? Well, yeah, it's nice to you now. Yolanda's just just kind of like sitting there playing with the pinwheel, like using (laughs) gentle breeze to keep it spinning. (laughs) (laughs) So I know we haven't really talked about these before, but um, Yolanda and Darvin... How did you lose these items as kids so long ago? I broke it. <laughs> I dropped it. Dropped it out. Oh, how much did that cost? I don't remember, but we said it was really expensive. Plus, Daddy was paying for it, right? Yeah. It was a special <laughs> present that I really wanted, and I dropped Mm-hmm. What about you, Iolana? When- Iolana, I think it wasn't so much that she lost it, but I mean, it's a pinwheel. It's not meant to last forever. And I think just like over time, it got broken and, you know, with kind of, for lack of a better term, didn't wither away, but like, just got to a point where it was like, okay, well, it needs to be given up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now Pouchet has it, or had it, has given it back. Pouchet's creepy. So are we... Are we just leaving it at that then? This is a slightly creepy gift and let's move on or? I mean, what else can we do? Sads, I think it's cool. I love this egg. <laughs> it's a sign. I thought it was a kangaroo. <laughs> it's made from an egg. Oh. That's how Fabergés are made. Yeah. All right. All right. It's just shaped like a kangaroo is all. Uh, well, I mean, if nobody thinks we should do anything about the kangaroo, then I we should Go, get going. We shouldn't stay here anyway. We should keep moving. We're we're on the move, yeah. Okay. Are we ready to take back to the skies, or are you just riding through the snow? I think we're going up, right? Mm-hmm. Up, Safest, up. fastest route. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are still a little less than a couple weeks away from Caravel, so if we just want to hit the skies, that's fine by me. Mm-hmm. 
question. Who's taking the lead? Really good question. Um, does anybody have... Who, well, let's see, who's got the best animal handling? Mm, plus two? Ooh, probably me. I have plus six. That would be you. I think you should take either the lead or the rear. Well, my perception's plus six, too. So, I mean, I can go first. Cool. Take the lead. Cool. <laughs> I guess Arnie's up front. Follow-up question. Is anybody producing any light during this flight? Uh, well, it's... Oh, I guess it's oh, like, yeah. quote... It's quote-unquote daytime, right? But it's not actually yeah. daytime. The hours are the day, but... The sun does not rise here. You have not made it that far north yet. You're still in winter. I wouldn't. I mean, my my dark vision is pretty crappy now, but... Um, okay. The moon is present. You can probably all see each other while you're up in the sky, but beyond that immediate space, it'd be difficult. And I don't have dark vision at all, right? I, not that I know of, <laughs> human Darwin. Meaning I imagine it would be difficult to fly without dark vision, even with the moonlight. Yeah. Like if there was a huge wall that sprung up ahead of you, you wouldn't notice until the last moment. So. But yeah, like I said, I think seeing each other, that's possible. But anything beyond like that first 20, 30 feet, good luck. I mean, I can count light. I'm just worried about other things seeing us. (laughs) I know, (laughs) but. But I guess, well, I mean, I know, like, I know, I know we need to see. I'm just. Well, if you're concerned about that, I, you, the veil has dark vision. Veil can take the lead to like 160 feet. Oh, and then have kind of the rest of us just be kind of clumped around the light. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, then. So Veil and... Veil, what's your horse's name? Shadowmare. Shadowmare. So Veil and Shadowmare leap off into the sky, taking the lead with Darvin, Iolana, and Aranis on their horses behind them. What's your horse's names again? My horse is named Theron. Hmm. Darvin? Ben. Eo? Diolana's horse is Windrider. Windrider. Shadowmare, Theron, Ben, and Windrider. Gotcha. So you all take up into the darkened sky. Arnus's magical light, providing a little bit of extra vision for the three of you while Vale rides ahead. The frozen ocean branches glisten with the light. It's quiet, it is windy, and it is dark. And as you head north, Vale, since you're in the front, go ahead and roll Perception. Well, I got a 20 on the die. With my bonus, that's a 20. (laughs) Okay, okay. So as you're flying ahead of the group, and thanks to your dark vision, you see them before you get too close. And... Vale, what kind of wings does Shadowmare have? Batwing. Well, then very fitting then. Because just up ahead in the darkness, you see this very large swarm of bats headed your way. As I see this, I call it out to the group as I try to lead us around the swarm. All right. Roll an animal handling. See if you can get Shadowmare to weave out of the way. That, with my bonus, is a two. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Meaning you have no bonus? No or bonus. You... Okay. Oh. okay. Let's take a step back to Darwin, Aranis, Iolana. You hear Vale call out that, hey, big ass swarm of bats headed our way. What are you doing in response? I think you can tell that Vale is not going to be able to get out of the way of those bats. Um, I try to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I try to like swerve. <laughs> Swerve. Okay. Okay. Go wide. Iolana? Uh, Iolana's going to do the same thing. Okay. Well, then everybody roll animal handling again. See if you can get your horses to turn fast enough. Darvin. I got a four. Yeah. It's a little too low. Aranis. 16. Okay. And Iolana. Also a 16. Hey. Okay. So let's not worry about Aranis and Iolana for the moment but let us do worry about Darwin and Vale. As this swarm of bats is flying through the sky, you realize that you cannot get out of the way in time. And as they begin to swarm around you, they do not take kindly to the presence of other things up in the sky. So, Vale, that's going to be a 20 to hit. Ouch. That's going to hit. And Darwin, that's going to be a 22 to hit. We'll hit. 
All righty. Veil, as this massive swarm of bats flies by, you feel several of them bite at you. A little bit out of defense, a little bit out of aggression, and a little bit out of hunger. Not like vampire bats, but hey, you know, you're a tasty, warm-blooded thing up here in the sky. Now they don't have to fly so far. And that is 31 points of biting damage. Ouch. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Can I use my evasion? Uh, that works on attacks, right? Yes, it, it does. Yeah, you sure can. Yay. So I'm going to take 15, 16? 15. 15. I'm sorry, it's uncanny dodge, but yes. Mm. 15 significantly better than 31. Mm-hmm. And Darvin, as these bats swarm around you, you'll be taking only 26. 26? Mm-hmm. And now that that's happened, let's just go ahead and have everybody roll initiative. Alrighty. Vale. Roll to 20, plus my bonus is a 25. Ooh. Ioana? 10. Darvin? 10. Hmm. Who's going first between the two of you? Ioana's mm, bonus five. is 3. My bonus is 5. Darvin's going first. And Aranus? Also a 10, and my bonus is also a 3. <laughs> <sighs> We can either roll off or you can decide who wants to go first. I guess Arnus will go first. Ah, I thought we were going to roll off. Well, Darvin, you would have won anyways. You already got the five. It's just a matter of if Iolana or Arnus is going first. You're basically acting at the same time, so you can just kind of like give the other person a little nod and be like, all right, you first. Yeah. So these huge swarm of bats, like emptied out from a cave, when you see them fly up into the sky, it's this dark winged cloud flying off into the sky has surrounded Vale and Darvin and their horses. They don't seem to take kindly to strangers. Vale, what do you want to do? Vale's just going to draw their dr- dagger and like just slash through the sky. Like, <laughs> Alright, go for it. Uh, it's a 19 on the die, so it's a 29 to hit. Yeah, that's gonna hit. Mm. Well then let's roll some damage. Let's see how many bats you can slash away. 29. Okay. And thanks to swarms being swarms, they only take half of that damage. But 14 is still a good number. As you're slicing through the air, some of them are obviously trying to get out of the way, but there are just too many. They bump into each other, leaving some of them to get stabbed. Anything else fail? Mm. Nope, that's my turn. Okay. Well, because everybody else rolled 10s, the half of the swarm that rolled an 11 gets to go next. And they're going to swarm and try to bite at Vale. Vale does a 16 hit. Negat- negatory ghost rider, the pattern is full. I'm sorry, what? The <laughs> what pattern is full. reference. We're all flying. It's a what reference? The Top Gun reference. I... I have not seen that movie in a while, I guess, because I... <laughs> no, it was the second part that threw me off. The, the tank is full. full. The, oh, pattern the pattern is full. That's when he okay. calls in to see if he could do a flyby of the uh, control tower. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What is your AC? 17. All right. All right. All right. I guess now that you know you're in the shit, you're able to a little bit better protect your soft spots from the bats. Darvin, bats all around you right now. What do you want to do? I'm going to attack. All right. What are you using? I'm going to use my non-leg sword because, well, you know. Because you're on a horse? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A flying horse, and that sounds dangerous. Mm -hmm. So we're going to keep my legs doing what they're doing, and I'm going to attack with my acid splash sword. Nice. Are you activating the acid splash or what's mm, up? Let me see the card. Does that take action? It might, huh? Oh, it's been a while since I've looked at your fancy sword. Uh, here we go. Acid spray is an, a- oh yeah, that is an action to like just throw acid in a general direction. Mm, not to throw acid, but did it have Ooh, it's like bonus a bonus action to activate the, the acid damage though? That's what, a, th- a bonus action? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So I could use the bonus action to activate the acid and then attack. You sure can. I would not be able to spend key points. Right. Um, One thing I will say, just because I'm going to assume that Darvin is smart and he wants to protect himself and those around him, 
since the acid spray is an AOE, if they failed that saving throw, they would take full damage instead of the half damage. Ah. Yeah, maybe we're not just not going to activate that part this time. Thank you. Maybe that's the smart one. Okay. Yeah, it is a big arc. <laughs> but I just wanted to put that out there. Appreciate it. I forgot it was AOE damage. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to swinging a sword at some bats. All right. Let's swing a sword at some bats. Um, I rolled a 16. That'll hit. Roll that damage. Eight damage total. That's it? Wait, that doesn't seem... What'd you roll on the die? I rolled a 3, and the sword is a d8 plus 5. Okay, are you not using the... Did you not use the bonus action to turn the acid on? No, you said the acid was an AOE. You're talking about the splash specifically? Yeah, yeah, the acid spray is an AOE. Oh, okay. But the acid damage, because you can turn that on and off. I was super confused, and I couldn't find the card, and I was like, I don't remember the damage being AOE, but okay. So I was just confused. Okay, okay. In that case, yes, I would have liked to have used my bonus action to turn that on. Okay, it's an extra D4 of acid damage. Okay, so that'll be an extra three then. So nine total, right? Eleven? Three plus three plus five, you're right. Eleven. Okay. Um, I still get an extra attack, right? But not a bonus action? Yes, you do. Yes, yes. So they take half of that, which is five. Boom, boom, boom. Go ahead and swing around some more. Okay, second attack. Second attack. Same as the first. Right? It, it's worse than the first. I rolled a 13. That's going to hit. These are just bats. There's nice. a lot of them, but it's not like they're armored bats. That's terrifying. Not out in the wild. <laughs> I rolled a 14 damage this time. Ooh, very nice. Take seven of that. You're able to get a little bit more breathing room, You're clearing out some bats around you. They're still flying. Like the swarm is still passing over, but they're not gone yet. Up next is Arnis. I would like to cast Firebolt on some bats. Okay. <laughs> Shoot some fire into this swarm of bats. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Let's do Please. it. Please. <laughs> okay, I need to make an attack. God, I so rarely make attacks. Ooh. I got a 28. Yeah. <laughs> Roll the damage. 3d10s. Jeez. Because I'm level 11. Oh, 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 oh. oh that's 22. Artis shoots out this line of fire, and everybody sees this beam of bats burst into flames. <laughs> And they squeal and fall down, and there's just little falling points of light all around you. They disappear into the darkness below to be just snuffed out in the snow. They do not get to have that damage. That just burned. Just hurt a lot. Anything else, Arnis? Uh, uh, there's two of us in inside the swarm right now, right? Yeah, Vale, vale and, Darwin. and Darwin. I would like to use my... Bonus action to give Bardic Inspiration to Vale. Okay. Vale has been inspired. Yay. Anything else? No. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Iolana, two of your allies are in this swarm of bats. They're getting slashed. They're getting burned. What are you doing? Iolana is going to use their bonus action to pop those side blades and attack with them for their action. All right, charge into that swarm of bats and let's slice at them. It's a 19 to hit. That's going to hit. It's nine damage. Hmm. It's all psionic. You mean that's all psychic? Yes. Yes, I meant psychic. Okay. I just find it very amusing that Iolana is charging into a swarm of bats on the back of a flying horse and is just causing psychic damage. So these bats are screaming high-pitched little echolocation screams <laughs> and just basically having a stroke and an aneurysm and falling out of the sky. You're starting to create a nice little bubble around the three of you now who are in the bats, but the swarm's not done yet. And let's see, I think they're going to go after Darwin this time, who's over there slashing at him with a the sword. They got to make a choice. They're not the smartest of animals. Uh, but Darwin, does a 16 hit you? No, not quite. 
So flailing your sword around, you're able to keep the bats at bay. Some of them go for your leg, only to find a ghost leg and <laughs> metal sword underneath. That doesn't taste good at all. <laughs> vale. Vale's going to continue slashing at them with their dagger. Okay. Unless Iolana is posted up right next to Vale, I don't think you're going to have a sneak attack on this. Then Vale will move closer to Iolana <laughs> to get sneak attack. <laughs> And then attack. Okay. It's a 22 to hit. Yeah, that's going to hit. 34. Jeez. I rolled lots of sixes and fives. So there's just stab, stab, stab all around. Just so many bat wings falling. So many tiny little bat bodies falling. And you've managed to create a little safe bubble around you and Ilana at the moment. Just with how much you're slashing through them. Stabbing through them. Darwin still seems to have his hands full with some bats right now. The two of you, relatively safe. Anything else you'd like to do, Vale? Well, I can't, because I only have one arm. Um, I can't take a bonus action to do another attack. So, that's my turn. Okay. Not unless you were popping that shadow arm out. I don't feel the need to pop that spell slot quite yet. I don't entirely blame you. But we'll see. We'll see how bad this goes for Darwin. Hey, Darvin. Peace. Before you have your turn, the other half of the bats are going to have their turn. And they're oh. going to use it to bite you. Because Vale did clear out that space. Gotta respect that. You still, though, in the bats. In the guano. <laughs> that is even less than before. Uh-huh. They're swarming around. Maybe they sense some danger. I don't know. They're not getting through your defenses. What do you want to do? Is it my turn? Yes, it is. I guess I'm just going to keep on attacking. Okay. Okay, first attack with the sword. 13. That's going to hit again. That is their AC. Glad for that. 11 damage. Okay. Jumps down to 5. As you're slicing through the swarm. I'm assuming you've got more attacks headed my way. Yeah, second sword attack. Ready? Mm Mm-hmm. 25. Oh, yeah. It's almost like they clustered up together just for you to cut through. Right? 15 damage that time. Oof. I'm going to spend a key point to be able to throw two punches. All right. I really enjoyed this image. You're like slashing with one arm with the sword, and with your other hand, you're just like punching bats out of the sky. Punching punch bats. every bat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first punch, 14. Mm-hmm. 12 damage. Okay. And second punch and final attack. 22. Yep, that'll hit. Nine damage. Oh, okay. It goes down to four. But it's still very impressive. So Darvin's over there just like punching bats out of the sky. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Arnis. Good old Barty Arnis. Well, it worked so well the last time. I think I'm just going to do it again. <laughs> Uh, firebolt some bats. All right, don't hit Darwin. So what you're saying is don't crit fail? Tall order. We'll leave that up to the dice. Did not crit fail. Got a 27. That is the opposite. Well, not the opposite, but yes, that hits. These are all my high rolls for the year. (laughs) Wasted on a swarm. A swarm. Oh, fuck it. Come on. 3d10s. Five. Damage. (laughs) I literally rolled two ones and a three. (laughs) Fucking cool. I killed a a bat. One fucking bat. (laughs) They're a little bit more aware of you now. They know that you're a source of just like shooty, fiery death. Maybe they were a little bit more ready to part the sea, so to speak. Like, yeah, you hit a bat. It just sizzles out of sight. (sighs) Anything else? Nope. All right, then. Iolana. Iolana is going to power up her side blades, and that looks like her brain, her head kind of glows a little bit brighter blue, and the energy rushes down her head into her arms, and her blades just glow bright blue. Creepy. So I'm going to spend the seven side points to give me a plus four to attack in damage rolls, because you know what? I don't want to risk it. And I'm going to use my action to attack the swarm. Fucking A, man. It's a crit fail. 
Oh, that was a goddamn waste. Oh, oh, that is rough. To see Iolana just supercharge herself up and whiff. Does that bonus to your attack dissipate after the attack? No, that, it, st- that, conti- that stays. I'll have to check for how long, but it stays. Thank goodness. Okay. That would suck. I know it's expensive, but also it's a plus four, which is crazy good. It lasts for 10 minutes. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I think all that extra bright light caused those bats to pull back away from you. You're just swinging and missing. <sighs> okay. Veil, you saw Iolana charge over closer to Darwin, try to take out some bats. That failed. What are you doing? Must keep swinging. Okay. It's a 23. That'll hit. 32 damage on. So glad I get to have that. Jeez. All right. Veil continues to thin this swarm out a little bit. Seems like this giant cloud of bats may be passing soon, but you're still within them. Uh, Anything else you'd like to do, Veil? Nope. Okay. In which case, they're going to turn and try to bite you using a different die this time. So hopefully I can roll higher than a nine. Indeed, I did. Indeed. There's a 21 to hit. That'll hit. All right. Ooh, those are some pissed off bats. (laughs) I think maybe because the three of you are starting to congregate in the sky, the concentration of bats as they're flying past you is getting tighter and veil. As they fly by, just nipping at your face and your neck and your single arm, um, they deal 41 piercing damage. Ouch. I'm very glad I get to have that. (laughs) It's uh, 20, right? Yeah, that'd be 20. Some pissed off bats. They definitely haven't eaten yet today. Darvin. Geese. Lots of angry bats around. What do you want to do? Stick to the same game plan. All right. Attack first with the door. Ooh, I rolled a 12 that time. Ooh, yeah, that's not going to hit. It was just under. Okay, second attempt. 13. Yeah, that'll hit. Just barely, but yeah. I'll take it. Okay, 11. Mm Mm-hmm. As you cut through a few more bats, it's punch time. Yeah, still a couple right. punches. I'm going to spend a key point to do two again. All right, I like it. Because why not? Ooh, first punch is a crit fail. Ooh, no, 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 no. You punch out into the swarm of bats, and they just all kind of land on your arm, shake it a little bit, and they fly away. Second punch is a 19. Oh, yeah, that'll hit. It damage. Mm-hmm. Darvin manages to slap a few bats out of the sky. Aranus, getting closer to the end of this swarm as they're passing by. Your friends are still in the thick of it. What do you want to do? Well, I feel like I should have a better idea, but I really kind of don't. So I'm just going to I'm gonna cast Firebolt again. Okay, bring it on, Firebolt. I feel like a, like a one-trick pony here, but... And that's a 26. Yeah, that's going to hit. Let's roll some damage. Let's roll some fire. See if we can roll some better damage. Let's get into those double digits, maybe. Maybe. Oh. Yes. Yes, we will. That is 24. Okay. Arnis shoots off another firebolt, creating a line of fire in the sky. Bats ignite, scream, fall to the ground, and the rest of the swarm flies right on by you. Unless you want to chase them down, they are continuing off into the night. I'm good. No, yeah. Let them go. We don't need to chase them. Okay. They weren't necessarily up here just for you. You just happened to be in the way and tasty, but not quite worth the effort, as it turns out. So the bats move on, leaving you alone in the night, leaving you alone in the darkness. How's everybody holding up? Yolanda's fine. I didn't get touched. Is at... 84 of 119, so they're okay. I'm at 54 out of 80. Mm-hmm. So are we pressing on, or is it time to take a break? We could take a short rest if we wanted to, but I think I'm good. I mean, Arnis didn't use any spell slots, so if we come in across anything really challenging, we've got the heals there if we need them. Yeah, I feel okay for now. Okay. 
Anyway, huge swarm of bats having passed. You continue north towards Caravelle. Let's see if we have anything fun that happens along the way. No. For the rest of the day, you're able to fly on into the darkness farther up north. Still in winter, but making good progress. When you head down for... Wait, I shouldn't, I shouldn't assume. Do you want to head down to the ground again? Or do you want to take rest on one of the frozen ocean branches? Nah, that freaks me out. Ground. No, ground. Okay, okay. I don't want to assume. Don't want to assume. So, other than rest, is there anything people want to do with this time? Um, before they actually rest, Vale wants to take some time and continue tinkering with the broken hand crossbow. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Have you rolled for fixing this before? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to make sure. So, let's see. This is the repeating crossbow, yes? Mm-hmm. We have no stats for it. I was just told right now it's just a standard hand crossbow. Yeah. Until you get the mechanical part of it fixed. Yeah. The repeating part will not work. So, let's see here. Do you have any tools that you're using? Mm, I have my thieves' tools, if they'd be helpful. Possibly. There's some smaller mechanics in there. But I, doubt. I don't think it would be as effective as like a like something a a tinkerer would have, but they can certainly be helpful. I doubt my poisoner's kit's going to help. No, no, I don't think your poisoner's kit will help. Not until you start wanting to make poison to put on the crossbow bolts. I haven't made poison in so long. I keep forgetting I had that ability. Just got this toolbox sitting right there. You never open it. Okay. Well, since you're using tools that aren't necessarily for this, let's just roll an intelligence check. It's just D20, add your intelligence modifier. Oh, that is beautiful, Scott. I just crit, so that's 21. Hey, very nice, very nice. That's what's up. <laughs> that's the second crit that die has rolled tonight. We got to retire that die. Now. Yep, stop rolling it now. Uh, I'm rotating them all, so. Okay. Since you crit here, I'm going to give you an option. As you're working on this, you know you could get it functional, if not fully repaired, right now. And you would be able to get four shots in before you'd have to you know, spend your action to reset it, get another four in. Or you could wait, do this again, try to boost that number. Uh, I think I'm going to take door number two. Uh, I think I'll take the, uh, the wait. Okay. This is not something you can do indefinitely. It's not like eventually you're yeah. going to have a hundred shot crossbow, but you oh, I crit. Understand that. So like maybe we'll have like slightly extended use of this. Yeah, I'll take the right. But at any time you can wrap that up and just say it's a four shot crossbow. Cool. All right. Anything else anybody wants to do while we're setting up camp here in the snow? I'm good. Nope. Okay. There is one thing that Iolana has been sitting on that she hasn't done yet. It's to have a very brief conversation with Vale, which I'm going to just kind of, if you'll allow mm-hmm. it, narrate it rather than go through me talking to myself because that sounds stupid. No, that's fine. Give us the, give us the Sparks notes. So as Eolan is kind of sitting away from Vale, watching Vale work, looking for an opportunity for Vale, when they look like they're done, as Vale starts to put their tools back, Eolan walks up and uh, begins to explain that Yolana's path to Vale and to finding Vale kind of taken a little bit more time than she has in the past. And she, if Arnus or Darwin are watching, looks a little nervous to kind of share this information. And then as it starts to get to the point where they meet each other, Yolana explains that, um, yes, I'm here to bring you to my father. That's always been my goal. But you should know that while we were in the Grayscape, Jorion had asked me to tell you that he is preparing to retire and would like you to come back to Karami to take over the guild there. Mm. Which is something <laughs> that Vale has not been informed of. And at this kind of Vale looks Vale looks very intrigued and thanks Iolana for the information. Very like earnestly thanks Iolana for the information and says that uh, you know, no decisions will be made until we've saved your father and I know what he wants. And then they kind of both go about their evening activities. Oh, 
All right. Anything people want to do about, I don't know, since this has come up already this session, that ebony kangaroo that's in Darwin's pack. Oh, yeah. We should do something about that. I think the suggestion that I would make is let's uh, let's see if we can't sequester it for the evening. Like, take it out, put it someplace, maybe even bury it, see what happens. It's your All call. Right. I'm, I'm down. I got no ideas. Sure. We could try burying it. Just burying it in the snow? Yeah. Yeah. How deep down? I don't know, like a couple of feet. Okay. We'll want to retrieve it in the morning, but maybe, maybe it'll help us prevent it moving around at night. And then obviously as we're all on watch, we're not just watching for attackers. Now we're watching to see what the kangaroo is going to do. We're watching for kangaroos. All righty. Let's roll something real quick here. Don't worry about it. So as we settle in for the night, then what's the night watch order here? Who's going first? I guess I can if nobody's going to volunteer. I'll go first this time. Okay. Vale was going to volunteer to go later in the uh, in the order since they took quite a bit of damage. Mm, you want to rest up first? Yeah. Okay. All right, Aranis. Aranis, roll perception. Oh, goody. Yeah. 14. Keeping an eye over your friends, keeping an eye on the buried kangaroo, and keeping an eye on the surroundings. And you don't see anything unusual. Things pass fairly safe. But what you do notice coming from the north, you can feel the, I don't know, it's hard to describe what it is since I haven't been in this situation before, but you get that sense that there's a change in weather further up north. There's like a drop in pressure or there's like a, there's the wind picks up. It's not on you yet, but there's something happening farther up north uh, and it's moving south. So just something to be mindful of. In the coming days, most likely. Um, that's about it. Who are you waking up, Aranis? Uh, I'll wake up Iolana. Cool. Alrighty. As Iolana starts their shift, they're going to shift their psychicus so that they have. I'm going to use the one that gives me uh, um, it gives me uh, proficiency, and I already have proficiency in perception, so. I didn't think I did for some reason. So I'm going to give myself proficiency in nature because I feel like that. Well, yeah, yeah. Nature's not the worst idea. Okay, Yolanda. You go ahead and roll perception too. Ooh, that's fun. With my bonus, that's a 24. All right. Wait, no, that's wrong. I'm sorry. That's completely wrong. It's a 20, 27. Oh, it's better. Okay. <laughs> in which case, in addition to the oncoming change in weather, whatever that front is going to bring, you can also hear far up in the distance, the scattering of claws along the ice of one of the ocean branches. But whatever's up there, they seem to be sticking to the water. They're not coming down. You look out into the distance, everything's just silent. There's a slight breeze, but it's just a cold, dark night. Things will pass uneventful. I think if I think if you want to roll nature, you might be able to tell how far away that storm is. I'm glad they twenty-two. It's two to three days away. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are you waking up? Darvin. Alrighty, Darvin. You get roused from sleep. It's a very chilly night. Your kangaroo remains undisturbed anything that you would like to do during your shift other than keep an eye out? Nope. Just being especially watching. All right. Let's roll that perception then. 15. Okay. Darwin, your shift passes rather uneventfully. There's a slight change in the wind, like a little bit of a, a little bit of a cold burst in the wind causes you to draw your clothes in a little bit tighter. Just keep staring at that spot where the kangaroo is buried and nothing happens. Other than that, nothing happens on your shift. Time to wake up Arnis? Yes. All right. Nuh-uh. Be veil. Vale. Arnis went first. Mm-mm. Oh, sorry. Mm-mm-mm. Shit. Sorry, Arnis. I <laughs> <laughs> can picture that, too. He goes to wake up Arnis, and Arnis is like, what are you doing? 
<laughs> oh no no here's what happens he goes to wake up Arnus, and Arnus just goes fuck you veil 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 <laughs> and just like, goes back to sleep you're such good friends aren't you <laughs> my bad my bad i was sleeping my bad you gotta wake up veil <laughs> veil yes veil rested healed from yesterday's combat with the bats Anything that you would like to do besides keep watch? No, I don't want to. I don't want to split my focus. Okay. I know. I, uh, from my experiences in Quorum's realm, know that's not the best decision. So we'll focus entirely on keeping watch. All right. Let's roll some perception. That's a four. <laughs> uh, maybe yesterday took a little bit more out of you than you thought, but whew, it is difficult to stay focused. You've got that crazy dark vision now and you look out in the distance and it's all still just the same it's just looking deeper into the darkness and the night the sky helps like oh yeah cool some stars and a moon but everything is just so much the same you find it very difficult to focus you're scanning the camp you're scanning the sky you're scanning the horizon and one of these times you turn and look everything's the same a little bit later, you turn, look at that same spot again, and the place where the kangaroo has been buried has been has been undug, basically. Like there's a it's like seeing a gopher hole in a cartoon where it just kind of <laughs> that's already happened and just scattered all around it. More money, more clothes, more little baggies, and no sign of the kangaroo other than some tracks. Ebony kangaroo pouch it has come and gone and you totally missed it but there's just stuff okay and the second I notice this I, I'm, I'm hollering and waking up the team Vale just going wake up wake up the kangaroo's gone wake up I wake up and I, and, and I, be, mm-hmm. I I'm instantly like I'm looking at the tracks and I'm yelling at them like it can't have happened you know long ago I literally looked and then I looked back and it was done we, we need <laughs> we need to find it there are tracks you say yes okay yeah, you can see the little kangaroo feet. They've been hopping around. They never left the camp. Oh, so the tracks never left the camp? Yeah, the tracks never left the camp. So let's follow them. Agree. Mm-hmm. Well, they start at the hole where you buried the ebony kangaroo. Then there are tracks kind of all around the hole and sets that go up to all Iolana, Aranis, and Darwin. They didn't go up to Vale. Okay. So. I, this kind of is checking this out. Like, Yolanda's going to instantly start like searching through her stuff to see if the kangaroo somewhere in her stuff. No, sorry, Yolanda. I mean, there's nothing missing or added to my stuff. Nope, nope. All the new stuff is just sitting out there in the snow. Okay. Anybody else? Arnis just kind of looks like snarky. Like, yeah, I did the same thing yesterday. But it's missing now. Well. Here, kangaroo, woo, 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 woo. I don't know what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> it's missing, but it didn't leave the camp. Check your stuff. Maybe it's in your stuff. Okay. I guess I looked through my pack or something. <laughs> or something. Sorry. Arnis is still surly about having been woken up already. <laughs> what? Don't shake your head at me like that. I'll shake my head at you however I want. You just find your gear. Your tight pants, your money, your food. Like, there's nothing No, my tight pants got stolen. I oh, never sorry, got I thought a you had backup pair. tight pants. Sorry. No, I have slightly less tight pants. Slightly looser pants? Yes. You've got your snug pants, then. <laughs> All right. Darvin, you doing anything? I'll search my stuff, too. What the hell? The shot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the ebony kangaroo is in your pack right where it always is. Except for that time you buried it in the snow. Hmm. I guess it just didn't want to be in the snow. Didn't want to be in the snow. (laughs) I feel bad about burying the poor guy. I wanted to go home. (laughs) Okay. The ebony kangaroo has been found. Did not get very far away. And you've got another small pile of free stuff. Cool. Nice. Vale apologizes for waking everyone up and starts collecting all the stuff and putting it in the boot of holding. Okay. As you go through it, let me get some dice here. Let me roll some numbers. 
Scattered amongst all this, 65 gold, 70 silver. Okay. As far as the clothes go, it's not great stuff. It's all out of fashion, and it's all very baggy. I'm sorry, Aranis. Like there was a time, or there was a location, where loose-fitting clothes were all the rage. This is not that fashion time anymore. This is certainly not that place. But if you wanted nice, loose, puffy shirts and pants, you know, poofy hats, there's some of those scattered around. I feel like I should take a set of it just (laughs) to be able to, like, enhance the disguise part of my disguise kit. Sure. You've got one set of poofy, old-fashioned clothes. Yes. One set of poofy, old-fashioned. Don't go back on that, because I wrote it down. I'm not going back on it. It's clothes. I'm literally (laughs) throwing money at you, and you think I'm going to have a fit over an outfit. (laughs) No. Come on. All righty. And among all this... As are, are are you trying on these clothes, Aranis, as Vale is cleaning up? I think I put on the hat. Okay. Like I don't I don't try on the rest of the clothes. I just kind of take a couple of them, but like like I put on the hat and be like, sorry, right, you can say it. I look good. <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately I start to laugh. <laughs> I can't keep I that going. I don't know if any of you are like fashion experts or whatever, but man. It's like Arnis is trying to dress up for a period outfit. It's just, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But like, don't go walking around town like that. You're going to get stares. <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> it's, it's like, like if Civil War reenactors walk through town. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a little less uh, politically charged than that. <laughs> like, imagine you saw somebody now in 2020 wearing British Victorian outfit. I would run straight up to that person and be like, dude, what's up? Okay. But I'm the weirdo. Mm-hmm. Anyways, as you're trying on the hat and Vale is cleaning up all this stuff, Harness, why don't you tell us a little bit about this necklace that Vale picks up that catches your eye as you recognize this very old necklace that you once had long ago when you were living with your dad? So... The necklace was the only thing that my dad had that belonged to my mom. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? It's, I mean, given my mom's like position and stuff, it's pretty, pretty understated. Think of it like a, like a simple strand of pearls, right? Like something mm-hmm. that's not going to really particularly draw the eye, but that will make you look, you know, a little bit classy. Mm-hmm. What color is it? I don't know if they're called black pearls or if they're like called something else, but they look like they're like dark gray, but they've got a little bit of like opalescent, like blue tinged in them. Mm-hmm. I think they're called black pearls, um, but they're not actually black. Right, right. They're very dark colored pearls. Yeah. Okay. Are you taking them or are you letting Vale yeah, put them in the boot? No, I'm not letting Vale put them in the boot. So I like, I'd see Vale pick up these pearls. And, like, you can audibly hear Arnis's breath, like, catch. Just like, oh, it, get, give that to me. Like, with no other explanation. <laughs> Vale, those are probably, with the right buyer, you can get a pretty penny for those. Probably valuable. It's not often you see those colored pearls. Yeah, but it's all, also not often Arnis demands something of someone, so I <laughs> hand them the pearls. Okay. okay. Uh, thank you. What do you do with those, Arnis? I put them in like an inside pocket of my like vest or tunic, whatever it okay. is I'm wearing. Well, inside pocket. Your clothes. You can wear whatever you want. Cool. Okay. So let me mark off that that's been pulled out as well. Everybody just seems to be getting items from long ago, from their childhood, brought back to them. Everybody's like the, totally cool with it. Like the veil didn't even ask when they saw me like put the thing in my vest, like didn't even ask. <laughs> So, are we ready to continue on? Yep. Think so. Okay. As you take off into the sky today, we hit that wonderful montage mode. Gotta have a montage. Because we are not doing all 10 to 12 nights travel up to Caravel. Thank you. 
because I don't want to have just random encounters 12 times in a row, possibly. Uh, also, I want to get to Caravel. There's a lot of cool stuff there. I spent a good amount of time on it. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Oh, wait a second. Sorry. I had to reach up and grab my map. I'm a 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 map. I'm just trying to see how long it takes before you hit sunshine. And I think this actually works out very well. We continue traveling on farther north, heading out of the winter band and into the spring band. And just as you start approaching the daylight, the sunlight, you get a glimpse at actual blue sky again. Although at this moment, it's probably still tinges of red and purple. That's when you meet this storm, this change in weather. It fits wonderfully right here because as you pass between the winter band and the spring band, there's obviously this big temperature change. So things, when they do get riled up weather-wise, tends to be a hot spot. The winds are whipping around. There's rain and snow. And if you want to keep going north, like if you want to keep traveling through this as you're flying through, I need everybody to roll animal handling to keep their horses safe, to keep their horses on on target to keep their horses going. Is there any sort of indication as to how large this storm is? It'll take a few hours to get through. Then uh, Vale's going to suggest rather than fly through it, that we land and we just wait it out. It's going to be safer and smarter. I don't have a problem with that. That's a good idea. It's not going, sorry, it's not going to pass over you in a couple hours. It'll take you a couple hours to go through it. The storm is just here. Uh, Oh, it's just like permanently here. Well, not permanently, but, you know, it's a like, stormy day. Um, it could dissipate in the next day or so, or it could last a week. It's already okay. lasted a then, few days. Then, yeah. Well, well, then we'll fly through it. I thought. Yeah. Okay, sorry. That was my bad. Like A storm is moving, but it's not just like sit down for a couple hours, passes by. You could wait it out, but that will be unknown amount of time. Or you could try to fly through it, or you could just try to ride through it on the ground. Or you could do some crazy magic that I don't know about. Should we just try to ride through it on the ground, maybe? Since we're pretty far away from... That's actually not a bad idea to take to the actual trail. Because I'm afraid up here we could get lost in the storm and end up way off course. Yeah, it seems dangerous. All right, then let's hit the ground. Let's put the hooves on the ground. And heading north through the storm. At a cautious pace, let's say. Go ahead and roll animal handling. DC will be lower this time, though, because now the horses don't have to deal with back, forth, up, down, oh, all three oh dimensions. No. Let's start at the bottom here. Aranus. Oh, that really is the bottom. I crit failed. Mm. Uh, it's a total of a seven, but I crit failed, so. We will get to that in a moment. Yeah. Darvin. Uh, Twelve. Okay. Iolana. Twelve also. And Vale. 19. Mm-hmm. Vale, you know you can get Shadowmare to go through this, no problem. Shadowmare's focused. They won't have any issue going through this storm. Darwin and Iolana, your horses, Ben and Windrider, they want to take it a little bit slower. They're not used to wind, like, they're not used to this strong of a wind buffeting their wings because they haven't had wings that long, honestly. So it's just a weird sensation for them, and they're just trying to figure it out. Arnus, on the other hand, you and Theron. Theron is just not doing it with the storm. Theron's just like, oh, what? Wind and snow and rain? Theron very obstinately, very stubbornly marches over to a tree and rests down on the ground. <laughs> like, nope, I'm staying here under this tree. There's some cover. Uh, I'm, I'm good. What do you want to do? Uh... I don't know. Shout at everybody else. Hey, what? What the hell do I do about my horse? <laughs> <laughs> Your stubborn, stubborn horse. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like if there's something like else I can actually do. Like, can you persuade a horse? Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you can. I mean, not with <laughs> persuasion, but you can certainly bribe a horse in different ways or force a horse. Of course, of course. <laughs> okay, Mr. Red. I I mean, I don't want to just sit here. It's not good for the horse either, so maybe I can try to convince it that I'll give it extra food when we get out. I I, I don't know if horses have 
such a grasp on delayed satisfaction. Well, I don't, I mean, like, it's, uh, I don't Do know how to convince it that. you give it more food now? Sh- sure, I can give it some food to maybe help it get going. What are you feeding this horse? I don't know. I've got rations, so that's probably what I'm feeding it. <laughs> All right. What What are these rations that you're feeding this horse? I don't know. Yeah, I'm picturing like a hard oat cake type thing. Yeah, something that, like, like that. It's good for people. It's good for horses. I'm you know, just like, it's good for sheep. Really, anybody yeah. can eat this as long as they can eat oat. Yeah, that's that's about right. Okay. Roll animal handling again. I'll give you advantage this time. You're holding this out in front of the horse's nose. Theron's like sniffing at it, reaching forward. God, for that advantage, that's going to be an 18. Okay, okay. You're able to lure Theron up and away from the tree and into a slow walk. Everybody else, you see a you see a rider approach on the back of a horse. It's a very plain, brown, hazelnutish looking horse. Some dark socks. He's got a big long coat, big hat, very drenched. Wind is whipping the coat around. Having some trouble with your horse there, huh? Yeah, they're not all used to going through the storm like this. Can I give you a hand? No offense, but experience has taught me to be wary of random people. Who are you? Ah, my apologies. Name's Haytham. Just traveling over to Medullary Hill. How about yourselves? Uh, not going to Medullary Hill. (laughs) Fair enough. Just going in a general that way direction, and I point the way that we're headed. All right, well, you need a hand with anything before you get on your way. Well, I mean, I would like it if my lovely horse here would go faster, but he seems to not really like the storm. I only got him moving by feeding him extra food. (laughs) (laughs) Food will do for a while. Do you mind? Hops off his horse and he's like heading over towards your direction. I feel like I'm unnecessarily like upset by this. He seems really nice, but we have reason to be guarded, right? Right. That's kind of how I'm feeling. I, like, I don't feel like I have a reason to be suspicious, but I am suspicious because I'm suspicious. <laughs> he's he's probably really nice, but go with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of kind of where I'm at. Um, does everyone else see this dude or is it just me? Oh, no, everybody sees him. Okay, like everybody Everybody saw him first, actually. Okay, everybody has an eyeball on this dude. I just want to make sure that, like, (laughs) I'm not the only one he's... No, no, no. Everybody can see him. He's not just, like, some hallucination. (laughs) So you're okay with him coming up? Uh, yeah. (laughs) I wasn't going to ask until you're like, I'm not suspicious, but I'm suspicious. Right. Yeah, go go ahead. (laughs) He walks up to Theron and... Very calmly, very assuredly, though, puts a hand up and he starts with that shush, 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 like pet in the front of your horse's head. And he looks to the side and sees the wings. Well, that's peculiar. Didn't know. Uh, didn't know they were making winged horses down there. Where'd you get this fella from? Sorry, is it a male horse or is it a female horse? It's a male horse. Okay, Theron's male. Okay. Where'd you get him from? Around. Alrighty, alrighty. Not trying to pry, just curious is all. Now most horses just come with the four hooves. Right, he reaches up a, another hand, kind of cradles Theron's head, brings the head down, starts whispering in their ear, and you can hear a bit of the halfling tongue as he's speaking to the horse. And Theron seems to like visibly calm and visibly chill out a bit. He pulls out a couple sugar cubes from his pocket, feeds it to Theron turns and says oh you know horse like this i thought maybe you'd have been together longer just a few days huh you find yourselves getting on very well you and the horse i'm i'm sorry what now i, I mean it just seems like you've only been together just briefly how could you possibly know that without me telling you the horse told me i'm sorry what now some horses have wings some people can create lights and fire some people can talk to animals. Some people can understand them. <laughs> Sorry, my personal instinct is not one that Arnis would have. 
because I want to do what Shannon wants to do is ask him if his last name is Doolittle. But <laughs> that's not something Arnis would do. Um, okay. Huh. I guess I've seen weirder stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, of all the things I thought you would balk at, dude talking to a horse, not a monk. <laughs> well, I'm just like, it's the, it's the combination of like, I'm frustrated by the situation. He's a random stranger. Like, I don't. <laughs> mm. So I, mm, okay. Uh, can you, I just, just there and seem like he's gonna be okay to keep moving, make it out of the storm. He pulls Theron's head down a little bit again and whispers into their ear again in the halfling tongue. So just to be clear, Haytham is a human, not a halfling. Otherwise, it'd be very difficult for him to reach a horse's head and pull it down. All right. He's whispering to Theron again in the halfling tongue. Oh, really? Sounds like a pep talk. It sounds like little words of encouragement or something. He listens in close again. I mean, you keep feeding him and treating him, right? Yeah, I think he seems like he might have a little bit more confidence now. Gives him a light ruffle between the ears. You know, if you're new to horses or I guess winged horses, I don't know too much about winged horses. I know horses, but seems to be pretty similar. You're more than welcome to join me. But I understand if you've got business elsewhere. We really do. I appreciate the offer. But yeah, we really, we have pressing business. Well, alrighty then. He reaches into his pocket, takes out a few more sugar cubes, hands them over to you, Arna, like, just in case he's feeling stubborn again. And he walks back over to his horse, hops up. Well, folks, you'd be safe out here. Keep your hats down. Pulls his down a little bit. Partially in a way to help protect his face, but also like a, as a farewell. Unless there's anything else you need from me. Uh, I think I'm good. Yeah. Thank you. Well, alrighty. You take care, Theron. You too, stranger. You too. Unless anybody wants more from Haytham. He's just going to go. No, I think, I think we're, we're good. Well, that was random. You seem nice. Yeah. That doesn't come back to bite me in the ass. It's kind of strange for someone not to try to kill us. I think that's what it is. That's totally what it is. It's like the, the person didn't come up and immediately go, oh, you, I'm like trying to just murder the shit out of us. Right? I'm so used to people going, oh, it's you. Just trying to kill well, me. Hey, turns out this world is not just filled with jerks. There are other people too. <laughs> that's nice to know. <laughs> okay so you've got some sugar cubes now Arnis, which i mean are intended for theron but i guess if you wanted to eat sugar yourself too that's fine i'm not gonna eat them i'm not that big of a jerk i'll feed them to the horse uh, uh, not all at once <laughs> okay okay and we continue on mm-hmm. yes and on on and, and on and on okay successfully marching through the storm it is definitely wet. The horses are not particularly fond of it. Shadow Mare is probably the most ambivalent about it. But the rest are all pushing on until eventually you pass through it. Coming through the rain and the wind, you're greeted with a nice, warm, just fulfilling beam of sunshine. The sun is still very low, but oh man, does it feel good to have the sun on your face again. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 City Council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server 
or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blockland for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at dibbermusic.com and on Twitter at dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrim.